Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's the kind of day we live for on programs like these. Our first football Monday of the year as we welcome you into the Lombardi line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. What a Sunday it was and it's not over because what a Monday night we have ahead with the Jets and the highly anticipated debut of Aaron Rodgers in a green uniform taking on the Buffalo Bills later on tonight. Michael, how are we doing, my friend? We are good, Stormy. What a nice start to the season. You know, uh, we knew road teams would be formidable, and they were. And we knew some teams would be good, and they were. And we got a few surprises, which Mm -hmm. is great. I I think it's a wonderful uh, start to the season, and we can all overreact, as we will do. (laughs) Yes, our first overreaction Monday of the season as yeah. well, Michael. And and you, i I got to start off on this foot. You are going to have two unbearable co-hosts on the Lombardi uh, line. I already if have this, one. If I the season goes the way oh. that it started with the Cowboys and 49ers, you're in for a treat this year, my friend. Yeah, I I, I know. But at least, and I, and I, I love that the Niners are winning because, you know, I'm with you on the Niners. I'm, I grew up there. It's my first team. And I don't mind the Cowboys, but I, I was able to take a little bit of the starch out of him because you, his boy, who he owns an MVP ticket on, uh, is didn't have a good day. So I was asking him at the end of the podcast, how much of the MVP ticket did he rip after week one? Did he go halfway down to rip the ticket or did he rip it completely? Of course, he won't reveal that until <laughs> Thursday, but... Look, the two teams combined for what, 70 to 7? I mean, what was the final score? That one's it was 70 to 7. Yeah. Two teams dominated. The two games that were out of hand immediately. I mean, at what point did you realize the Niners were winning that game? When it was 20 nothing. I mean, but honestly, though, so I try not to get too excited on opening drives because I feel like Kyle Shanahan is always really good at that game script out the gate. So it was once Mm -hmm. we got to that second offensive opportunity where you could feel that they were rolling. And when it goes up 20 to nothing, Pittsburgh wasn't able to do anything. I just felt like the the doors were going to get blown off. Yeah, that was it. Right. And last night, I mean, you know, all this fanfare, all this conversation all offseason about the Giants and Daniel Jones is 40 million and Barkley and the United and all the heat that I had to take listening to them tell me how good they are. 
you know, they laid a big egg. I mean, let's face it. They laid one of the biggest eggs you can lay on the weekend in front of a national TV audience. I mean, look, uh, who was sticking around for that one? Yeah. I mean, only us diehards were sticking around for that one. So it was bad. Uh, And it was worse when you watch the game again. It was worse because for me, it was about the Giants losing sight of who they really are. I mean, okay, you get a punt block. You get a field goal block for a touchdown. That happens. It shouldn't, but that happens. I mean, the cause of the reason it happens is because the play before the long snapper has a bad snap, and now all of a sudden, instead of having a a chip shot, we've got a longer field goal. Put that aside. They come out. They come out. They're down 7 nothing. Now, the Giants have typically always been a team that wants to play close, keep the game reduced, and try to get it to the fourth quarter. They want to slow it down. They're Princeton in offense. They're basketball, right? And they come out and throw three passes, and the next thing you know, now they punt it back, give up a 49-yarder. Now they're down 13 to nothing. And, you know, when they're playing from behind like that, that's not, that's not who the Giants are. The Giants have to play connected. They can't throw it. They're not good enough in the passing game with their quarterback and their pass and their offensive line to throw it. They have to play their style. And yesterday, they, I think they thought they were somebody else, and they weren't. 40 to nothing, your final in that one, despite the Cowboys being just a three-point favorite in the game. The total stays under that 44 and a half, and, and you mentioned it there. You start off with the blocked field goal that goes for a touchdown, a pick six later in the quarter. It was like offense, defense, special teams, just error-prone the entire way for, for the Giants, and then the weather certainly didn't help either. If, if you are a fan of the New York Giants, where's your panic meter at this point? I know it's only week one, and there's a lot there's a lot of <laughs> runway yeah. here left, but where's your panic meter right now? Well, it, it goes back to focus, right? A lot of people ask me since the new book came out, what's the similarities between Belichick and Walsh? What, what do Walsh, Belichick, and Al Davis have in common, you know, besides working in the NFL and winning Super Bowls? Well, the one thing they have in common is focus. They understand the urgent and important. They understand the main thing. And I think the Giants lost the main thing. They, they convinced themselves that Daniel Jones is going to take this mother may I step forward. We paid him $40 million. That's your fault, not mine. But they, they kind of lost sight of who they are offensively. They have to play a game where it's second and four, third and two. Let him be the running back. Let him complete passes. Maybe take a shot here and there. But they're not going to be – this explosive offense. They're just not. That's not what they're set up to do. They got to give their right tackle a lot of help at times. Evan Neal, their first round pick from Alabama. They got to help him, their offensive line inside. And you don't want to get in a game where you've got to throw the ball all the time against the Cowboy front, which they couldn't block. So to me, the, the best thing that ever happened to the Giants, if you're a Giant fan, is the, this loss. Mm-hmm. Because Dayball sits in his office today and he's got to realize hey, we won nine games last year and 10 with the playoff win because the style of the way we played, we can't abandon that anymore. Yeah, won nine games last season, 13-4 and four against the spread, 14-5 and five ATS if you include the playoffs. So they were a team that was certainly worth backing a season ago, not working out week one, but week two an opportunity against the Cardinals potentially to get a few things right before you move forward in what's a very difficult schedule for this Giants team. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite in Arizona, total 38-and-a-half, rather, for that week two game. What did you make of, of Mike McCarthy, first game back as the play caller for this team as well? And we saw Tony Pollard, a guy, who, despite coming off of a broken leg, didn't look like he missed a beat. 
No, it looked good. You know, look, what I made of the game was McCarthy called the game like a head coach. He called the game like he was watching the game. And what do I mean by that? He saw that his defense was in complete control, that he saw that if he didn't screw this thing up, that they were going to win. And so when, when he was able to come down the field and kick the field goal, when he was able to come down and have 11 play drive after the turnover and gain 23 yards, you know, and, and, and put the ball in the end zone, of course, a lot of that was helped by penalties. And then he's up, now he's up, now he's up 6, 13 and uh, 12. And then he scores the touchdown, the game over. And I think he called the game that way. He called it so that he didn't lose it. Meanwhile, down 95, my man Ron Rivera, we missed you on Sunday, but he was trying to help out the Arizona Cardinals the best he could because he was going <laughs> to give them the ball. He him 10 points, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's going to give him the ball. I thought McCarthy called the game like a head coach because he left when the plane lifted off from Newark Airport, he left with the win. He didn't leave with the stats that make the analytical community happy. You know, he averaged 4-8 a play. That's going to be very disappointing to the analytical community. However, he left with the win, which is the most important number of all. Now let's go to the other contender in the NFC, my San Francisco 49ers. Another dismantling, yeah. um, like we referenced off the top <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 30-7 to the final. Steelers plus two backers were running to buy in on the other side as soon as they could in that game. Um, and Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, not one to mince words, Michael, and he didn't after the game. Take a listen. It was a failure on our part in all areas. You know, we got to coach better. We got to play better. Um, we talked about a lot of the things and worked on a lot of the things that unfolded in the ways that we didn't want them to. And so we go back to the drawing board. We accept responsibility, obviously, for the outcome. Uh, we compliment those guys on the quality work that they did. We absorb the negativity that comes with how we perform today, and we go back to work. Um, we got to prepare them better. They got to play better. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Um, we got kicked in the teeth today. Michael, how much of this game to you was those of us from the outside looking in, maybe underrating the 49ers a little bit and overrating the Steelers to an extent? Because a lot of people, not just you and I, thought that the Steelers were going to keep this close. Yeah, I thought it would be a really close game. Remember, not, not just you and I. I mean, all week long, nobody was betting the 49ers. I mean, it ended up on Sunday. No, there was never anyone out there betting the Niners. If you were, I tip my cap to you because you were on that side. And that worried me. That always worries me because I hate to be on the, the, the consensus side. You know, it's like we talked about on Sunday when we, when we, when we do the, when we review the, the circuit contest, who, what's the consensus pick? I think they went three and two, according to Bill AD's newsletter this morning. You know, the consensus is never the where you want to be because they don't have those chandeliers in there based on consensus. So that worried me a little bit about this. But I think the number was reflective of, A, how well the Steelers played last year, B, how well they played this summer, and C, everybody was hesitant about Brock Purdy. Yeah. Was, he, was he just not going to be able to come back? Well, the first four drives of the game proved that. You know, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, game over. Meanwhile, you know, the Steelers went punt, interception, punt, punt, game <laughs> over. Yeah, the, you know, the Steelers I mean, punted or that, turned the ball over on each of the first five possessions of the game. That's That was the game, right? And so, you know, look, we miscalculate some things based on last year. I think when we – the two teams that finished strongly last year, Detroit and Pittsburgh, Detroit didn't play their A game. You and I both know that. They won, which is great. But that being held to 14 points with Chris Jones not in the lineup for Kansas City, you would have said Kansas City wins that game a thousand times. Yep. But they won the game and credit the Lions for that. When you don't play your best and still win, that's a, that's a feather in your cap. 
And I think they deserve credit. But the Steelers didn't match where they were last year. Maybe they read their press clippings. But you could just tell that nothing that happened on that field, Pittsburgh wasn't prepared for. They didn't execute. And that's what Tomlin was saying in that press conference. Yeah, the 49ers offense made the Steelers' D look bad. One that I do still have faith in as we go throughout the season, I think that they'll get a lot of things together. T.J. Watt, when he was on the field with the Steelers' defense a year ago, they were averaging allowing around 17 points per game. So I think they'll get that stuff corrected. But credit the 49ers for the creativity they came with. The utilization of Christian McCaffrey, who goes for over 150 yards. Brandon Ayuk was tremendous as their wide receiver won yesterday. Eight catches, two of them went for six, 129 yards receiving for for him and Nick Bosa said it pretty well when it comes to his starting quarterback and Brock Purdy that he shut some haters up yesterday and and he looked healthy from the elbow surgery. So. How could you hate Brock Purdy? <laughs> like who's the only Not people me. hating Brock Purdy are all, all the people that think Trey Lance is going to be the MVP of the league. I mean, uh, how can you hate Brock Purdy? The uh, guy's the, Mr. Irrelevant and he's a starting quarterback. I mean, like how can you hate that kid? You gotta love it. 220 yards, two touchdowns for Purdy. We got more recapping of an NFL Sunday when we come back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Our very own Michael Lombardi has just written his second book, Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. Now, for a limited time, you can get a free copy of the book when you become a VEASAN Pro Annual subscriber. Just sign up on a new VEASAN Pro Annual subscription today and use the promo code LOMBARDI. You'll get the book as well as an entire year of VEASAN Pro access to our daily best bets, season prep betting guides, 24-7 video, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits. Remember that code LOMBARDI when you sign up for the Pro Annual subscription vcin.com slash subscribe that's how you do it so excited to have the book out now i've got a couple of long flights to the east coast coming up michael so i know how i will be spending the time um and and we continue what was a busy nfl sunday yesterday michael 
the best, most exciting day of game of the day, and it was not close, was Chargers-Dolphins. We saw nine no lead changes, two ties. <laughs> the Dolphins end, out, come, end up coming out on top 36-34. Your final cashing is a plus 140 money line dog. Uh, plus three comes through, over 51 comes through. But what a show for both teams, most notably Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill. I mean, can I ask you a question? Like, what co- what side of the ball does Brendan Staley coach? Like, <laughs> how did I, like, I, I knew that it was going to go Staley. I knew it. Well, he's so endured by the analytical community. I mean, he's the greatest coach of all time. And people like I got people on Twitter telling me I'm too hard on him. And he's really a mastermind. Like, maybe we might want to think about doubling Tyreek Hill. I don't know. I'll throw it out there. Just maybe. I don't know. You know, it might be a good idea to maybe put a guy over him and and a guy on top. He's still going to catch passes. I'm not saying you're going to shut him out, but it might be a good idea to double him. I mean, like, are you kidding me? 215 yards? Here's the here's the story, and I think the stats in this game are a little misleading in this, on the Charger front, right? The 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 Dolphins averaged 16.6 per average per completion. And all the Chargers did. Now, Mike Williams got dinged up a little bit. He averaged mm-hmm. nine. They averaged 9-9. They couldn't throw the ball. They ran the ball for 234 yards, but they really couldn't throw it. They never really had control. And what saved them was their red zone. They were 4-5 for five in the red zone. That kept them close. We would be talking about the the Chargers' stagnation on offense if the if – Miami would have been a better red zone defense, but some, at some point you got to take away the best player. At some point you can't just let the guy come straight. You don't have anybody who could cover him. It's not fair to the players. You can't you can't cover this guy. He is the best receiver in football. I've been saying it for three years. Like nobody can cover this guy. He's fast. He's explosive. He's got elite hands. I mean, it's amazing. It, it drove me crazy watching the game. And, and, and here's the thing, and I don't want to pick on anybody, but I will. The reality of it is, is the game is there for the Chargers to win. There's a minute 40 to go. Now, you, I don't know if you had a ticket on Miami, but when, when they missed the field goal, when they missed the extra point, everybody that had the Miami ticket breathed a sigh of relief because if they lost the game, they're going to lose by one, right? Yeah, yeah. They could go down there and kick the field goal and win it. And they have a chance to win it, and they can't get even – they get one first down, and they have get sacked. When they had to throw the ball the best, the joystick man couldn't come up with three good plays. Are you kidding so, me? So that's what I was going to follow up with, Michael, because we'll get back to the Tyreek Hill of it all in a moment. But when it comes to, yes, joystick, Kellen Moore obviously comes in as offensive coordinator for the Chargers this year. There was an expectation that we were going to see <laughs> some shots being taken. Um, Justin Herbert already with the tools that he has in the passing game, taking it one step further. And it was largely the the To your point, you can't dial something up in that situation. And then largely running the football in this situation felt a little bit odd. Yeah, I I mean, I just didn't understand it. You know, like, I think to me, you know, the all I heard about, read about, was how he was going to change this offense. And I'm one of the proponents that they need to run the ball. I'm not going to dispute that. But It's just not what we we were expecting. No, of course not. And then what about, like... What about you have all offseason to prepare for Miami? Their backup left tackle, Kendall Lamb's in there, and you've got two of the highest paid defensive linemen in the game today, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, making over fifty million combined on the salary cap. And you can't get any pressure on a backup offensive line in Miami? Like what what are we doing here? 
And our guy Elliot just piping in my ear there that the Chargers defense the most expensive. Is that is that right? The most expensive in the NFL. Well, they got so. they got two of the most expensive players. I mean, look, they it's all bottled up in them. Bosa. I mean, when you break down the teams, I mean, Bosa's Bosa's salary number and his cash number are exuberant. And and okay, Khalil Mack. He got his contract redone this year. He counts $16 million on the cap. They redid his deal. The same thing they did with Bosa. They both have minimum salaries. But they, they count 16 and $15 million on the cap. They, they're one of the highest-paid players in football. And they got nothing. J.C. Jackson is their highest-paid player on the team. And the last you saw was he was eight yards behind Tyreek Hill. And that's who I want to go back to here. Tua finishes the day, 466 yards, fourth all-time passing yards in a season opener in NFL history, three touchdowns, did have the one interception. He improves to 10-5-1 and in his career as an ATS dog. Tyreek Hill, 215 yards receiving, 11 catches, two touchdowns, third most yards in a season opener for the NFL. He said this offseason that he was going for over 2,000 yards. He wants to be the NFL career record holder for a single season in terms of yards. With, I love that you can do the on-pace numbers, even though the one-game sample size. On pace for over 3,600 yards, Michael. But I, he said post-game, maybe I'm not a cheetah. I'm a lion, baby. Can't nobody guard me. Uh, first player now in NFL history with three separate games of 10-plus catches, 200-plus receiving yards, and two or more touchdowns. And this is a guy who we are already seeing the market move on him to lead the league in receiving yards. Opened up 8-1, to one, now 2-1. to one. He was also in the preseason 7-1. to one. Um, um, to lead the league in receptions, 11 to 1 for receiving touchdowns. Both of those I see off the board at DraftKings right now. 12 to 1, though, for Offensive Player of the Year. So just giving you guys a little bit of an idea for what could come there. And, and again, credit where credit is due for Tua, who, who really showed what he could be made of. And if you listen to the, the GM shuffle, we have him as the number one receiver in football. This is before this yep, all happened. Yep. Nobody covers him. Nobody can cover this guy. Like this guy, is, and he makes, I mean, I look, Tua, Tua, Help them a little, you know, the turnover in the reds, two red zone turnovers, or else if two things happen in this game, Tua turns the ball over twice, and the Dolphins' red zone defense was bad. If those two things don't really happen, this is a blowout, and it shouldn't be a blowout. I mean, this Charger team's talented, but again, you know, as I wrote about in Football Done Right, the Houston Oilers, Love You Blue, were talented, and they couldn't beat anybody. But back, Mac and Bosa, they can't get one pressure, yeah. they can't get one hit on the guy. I mean, come on now. One more game I want to get to before we have to hit the break here. Just two days after becoming the highest paid player in NFL history, Joe Burrow and the mm. Bengals put up a rough performance, fall 24 to 3 to the Browns as a two point favorite. So the Browns clash plus 110 on the money line. Total goes under. Unders now, by the way, 6 and 1, and Deshaun Watson starts for Cleveland. But Burrow, I know he's coming off the calf strain, didn't have any work in preseason. 14 of 31, 45% completions, a career worst, 82 yards passing, Michael, no touchdowns. That's the first time he's ever not at least thrown for 100 yards in a football game. This was bad. Yeah, well, the weather was really a factor. The weather was really a factor in this game. Yeah, we saw him trying to put the gloves on. and It was hard. I mean, the ball, even for Watson, the ball was slipping over, but... When you take that away, I think what we talked about all offseason, Stormy, you and I, Jim Schwartz made a difference. His defense was really good. Now, it's not going to be this good because of the weather and the elements, but it was really good. And, and, and they controlled the line of scrimmage. And I thought Kevin Stefanski grew up. There was a play in the fourth quarter, fourth and two, third quarter, fourth and two, that last year at his own 45, he would have gone for it. But he didn't. 
He punted because his defense was playing that well. He had no fourth down attempts mm-hmm. in this game. Can you imagine that? Out of Kevin Stefanski, no fourth down attempts. So he's, he's kind of grown up a little bit and changed. So I, I think that's certainly a help. Uh, and they're good on defense. Watson was, again, the offense was hard. He made a run. He had a couple good throws in there, had a chance to hit a couple receivers down the field. The ball was too short. They had, they had Mar- Marquise Goodwin behind the defense twice, couldn't get the ball to him. But it was a good win for Cleveland. They dominated the game from start to finish. And Burrow, we talked about this too. They start slow. Last year, five interceptions. This year, weather. You know, they just weren't there. And Cleveland can run the football. And when they can run the football on you, it's a problem. Yeah, you mentioned the slow starts. Now one and four straight up the last five week one games. Uh, just an out-of-sync performance for the Bengals. And, and to your point, like the Browns' defense was really good. And, I mean, made my Miles Garrett defensive player of the year pick from week one look, look pretty nice here. They forced the Bengals to punt 10 times mm-hmm. on 14 possessions. Great third down defense, as you talked about, held Cincinnati 2 of 15. This is a defense that, I mean, you have them picked to win this division that I think really could carry them to that or to the playoffs if they continue to play at that level. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, they are. And, I mean, look, we said this on the show yesterday, too, that, you know, I hated to break the news to Jonah Williams, but Garrett was going to follow him. And and the key play of the game on fourth and two when Cincinnati tried to kind of get back into it, you know, Jonah Jonah had Garrett lined up right over him. And, of course, he sacked Burrow, and, you know, the ball got turned over, and they put the game away. Look, Cleveland's good. Now, they're not going to play this great a defense every single week, but they're good. They're good up front, and they can move the football. And Watson looks like he's a better player. Browns have the Steelers next week. Bengals face Baltimore. We'll be right back. We got TG Thomas Gable coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? Got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk where you're step into my office. And step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. All right, it's about that time. Step into my office. Joe Burrow, two days after becoming the highest paid player in NFL history. Joey B has his first sub 100 yard passing day, throws for just 42 yards, 45% completion, zero touchdowns and an ugly loss to open the season, 14 of 31. Michael, if you're giving Joey B some advice, obviously he's coming off of the injury. This is a team that's been known for slow starts. What does Joe Burrow need to hear as they look to push their season ahead? Look, it's the best thing that could happen to you. You know, if you're going to lose a game, it's best to lose them early. And, you know, now you've got the team's full attention back. And let's get back to getting some kind of rhythm. I think what we saw yesterday on the field was that Cleveland understood what you were trying to do offensively. They they made it hard for you to do that. And then also, because of the ball and because of the weather, it made it very difficult to get the ball outside the numbers to the two guys you got to get the ball to, which is T. Higgins 
and and the great Jamar Chase. So, look, it's a game put behind us. We still have a good team. This is going to be the NFL season is always measured by what happens in November and December. And let's shoot for that. But I think more than anything, I think all teams today should focus on themselves, not on what happened. They need to focus on what they do well and how they handle it and go from there. Don't worry about what lies ahead because you have to set a standard of excellence for yourself. The opponent really in September is yourself. You know, eliminate your mistakes. Focus on who you are. Don't worry about the next team. Worry about how can your team get better. Me versus me, certainly a great approach. And if you ask Joe Burrow, and reporters did after the game, how he feels about it, he thought week one, it's it's just week one. Nobody's panicking in here, guys. It's one week one doesn't define anybody's season. Obviously, not very good out there. But anybody that watched saw that. Uh, but we've been in this spot before. We've come back stronger and, and had great years. So that's what we're going to do. You remember he did throw four interceptions in the season opener last year yeah. against the Steelers. Still recovered to go on to win the division a second straight year. Let's move, move it forward to Brian Dable in the New York football Giants who got blasted last night. 40 to nothing on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. He's the reigning coach of the year in the NFL. What should Dable, we know that he is a good coach, what should his message be to his group ahead of week two? Well, I think it starts with a story. And always, good things always start with a story. When Steve Jobs took over Apple, when he came back, after they fired him and they put him out there and Apple was going broke, uh, he came back. And the first thing he did when he came back was have a meeting with everybody, which is what you should do, Brian and basically said, look, we have 20 to 25 products on the open market, and not all of them are great. So what we're going to do moving forward is we're only going to focus on the ones that are insanely great. That's the only ones that are going to stay on the market. Everything else is coming off the market, and we're going to focus on becoming insanely great. You won nine games last year because you did things that you could do. You were insanely great. Maybe not insanely, but you were good at those things, and that's who you were as a football team. Last night, you tried to become some different than you were. And you got to go back to that. You got you to understand that even though you paid Daniel Jones $40 million, even though you have Darren Waller as the highest paid tight end in all of football at $17 million, even though you think you're going to be more explosive on offense, at the end of the day, you got to go back to being who you are. The main thing, according to Steve Jobs, is always the main thing. And when you lose sight of the main thing is when your team starts to fall apart. And the focus that's required by you to concentrate on the things that you do well is what a head coach gets paid for. So I think embrace the fact that you got your butt whipped because it taught you a great lesson in the month of September that you got to go back to playing the football you played last year. You're not that good. You got a bad right tackle. Your offensive line isn't very good. You don't have explosiveness. And your quarterback, frankly, is a guy you've got to play from in front with. Yeah, and he, that's the way it's going to be all year. He knows what can make this team successful. Just got to get back to that a little bit here and maybe a little bit of a wake-up call, a necessary one with that type of a loss. The worst opening day shutout since 1999.
Let's go to Geno Smith. Time to step into Michael Lombardi's wow. office after winning Comeback Player of the Year a season ago. Just 112 yards in the opening day, 30-13 to loss for the Rams. One touchdown only guided the team, Michael, to one offensive play of more than 15 yards, 12 total yards in the second half. Can Geno avoid regressing and turning into the pumpkin? Some people thought he might hear in year two as a, season, as a starter with Seattle. What would you tell him? I would tell him, look, Gino, accept the loss. Everybody was in the loss. But let's be clear. We have not played well against the Rams defensively in three games. That's just not how we've been. So maybe we need to go the next time we play them. We probably need to talk about how we would play them and what we would do when we play them. So I think this is a game you put behind us. And all our attention has to be on the Lions. It has to be on what we do well and how can we beat the Lions. We went in there last year and we ran the football effectively. We threw it on them and we came out of there early in the season with a huge win because our offense was really good. I think those are the things we got to focus on because right now the Rams kind of have a sense of our offense. They know what Shane wants to do offensively. They kind of have a sense of his play calling and they get a good read on the quarterback. And, you know, we know this. You won't have to be worried about Aaron Donald coming at you where you say, oh, my God, he's coming. I think you can just focus on throwing the ball, and you're still a good player. Believe you're a good player. Last year wasn't an aberration. Last year was who you were. And I, it didn't help adding insult to literal injury that a couple injuries in the third quarter to both his left and right tackle, as well as wide receiver Tyler Lockett. They didn't have corner Devin Witherspoon on the back end to help him out defensively. So a lot of things didn't go Seattle's way in this game. How about J.K. Dobbins, who you hate to see it. Tears his Achilles yeah. tendon uh, week one. He's done for the year. He missed all of 2021 and half of last year with a torn ACL. It's an uphill battle for this guy, and you feel terrible for him. Michael, what would your advice be for him after another devastating injury? You know, I think life is always about what we overcome, and this is really challenging, and I don't think you can – there's words that are going to get you out of being in this dumpster. I know you wanted to have a new contract. I know you wanted to have a big year. But this injury isn't going to be the end of your career. This injury isn't going to be the end of your NFL time. I think you have to kind of find the resolve and the resistance and, and come back from this and the perseverance. This is really about you. And I know you want to be able to be rewarded for your talents in the National Football League, but there's still a lot to come. And, and you have a whole year to get ready for it. It may not be the contract that you want when you get done because of the injury history that you've had. But a lot of great backs have overcome that history. Curtis Martin being a perfect example. When he came out of Pitt, everybody thought he was a durability issue, and he proved himself in the NFL that he wasn't. There's plenty of time left. I would take the years you're going to miss for injuries as years that you're going to gain in your NFL life, not years that you've lost. Let's hit one more, a coach that usually doesn't need to spend much time in the office, but Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin coming off of the rough 30-7 loss to my San Francisco 49ers yesterday. He told reporters they got kicked in the teeth. He said it was a complete mm -hmm. failure in all areas. What does he need to emphasize with the group to bounce back? Well, I, I think the one thing he has is the greatest thing any coach can have, Mike, is you can walk into that room this morning and say, fellas, here's what we said we were going to do. And here's what we planned on doing, and here's what we didn't do. And either you're going to do it my way or you're not going to be here. And so when you want to go out and do things on your own, that's fine, but you're not going to be a stealer. Like this is what happens when you get beat this badly, when you're not in the game. See, the best part about this is that you don't have to worry about a play here or a play there. You, you don't have to rationalize any longer. 
This was a that. This was a whooping. You got you get butt beaten, right? And so the sooner we get over it, the better off we're going to be. And the sooner we understand it, the better off we're going to be. So let's move forward and let's take this opportunity to get our team better. Again, you know this as well as anybody. The month of September is all about us. It isn't about any opponent. Sage advice for the 15-year head coach out there in Pittsburgh. Steelers getting two points against the Browns as part of that Monday night doubleheader coming up this coming week. Total 40 and a half. So we'll see if they can move forward in a positive direction. Kenny Pickett, of course, throws two picks in the loss. Should have been three. Fred Warner dropped one that was right in his hands. Uh, Michael, great stuff for stepping into my office. We are going to, over the course of the, the final half hour here of the show, we're going to talk to our NFL analyst, former NFL wide receiver and alum of the CU Buffs, Mike Pritchard, and with him and with the two of us at the end of the show, give our deep dive into Monday Night Football tonight. The Bills taking on the Jets. Aaron Rodgers' debut. Dalvin Cook in a green uniform as well. How are they going to perform under the lights in a tough, emotional state today? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.